You are listening to a National Gallery of Victoria audio program available at www.ngv.vic.gov.au. In this episode, Philip Brophy explains the language of manga and the use of the face. If manga does relate to a literary form, it relates to poetry. Even though notions of novel and story and plot and character are employed in discussing manga and employed in the production and creation of manga, ultimately, manga is a form of poetry. And this is primarily because of the reduced verbiage that happens in manga. Dialogue is not very explanatory. It's very elliptical. It doesn't directly convey what someone's thinking precisely at that moment. It's almost like just a shard or a fragment of what are the circumstances that a character is involved in at a moment. So, for example, if you take a page of manga and just, in a very straightforward fashion, translate what each dialogue bubble is saying, it reads like a concrete poem, right? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And this is something unique to Japanese manga or Japanese comics. Western comics make sure that if you can read all the dialogue bubbles, essentially you can follow the story. Right? But when you just read the dialogue bubbles from Japanese manga, right, you're getting a very reduced percentage of what is actually happening in the story. And this is because manga in, in involves a lot of non-literary and non-verbal forms of communication. So the text is only one element. It's only one instrument in the orchestra. So all the other instruments are conveyed by the brushwork, by the framing, by the iconic presence of a character, as almost like a, a, a linguistic form itself, you know, that character's face appearing here, here and here. Right? They're almost like grammatical elements or components that when put together convey a poem. And in many senses, this relates to the history of Japanese poetry, which is extremely elliptical, extremely condensed. It's not epic or saga-like in the way that the poem unfolds, nor is Japanese poetry about the florid way in which one can swirl in language and use an excess of words to dance around the description of a certain sensation or a certain feeling. That's really the English language history of poetry, right? Where you get this savouring of the act of writing and the act of reading to get a sense of what someone's actually talking about. Because in a poem, most of the words are actually not needed because it might be someone just describing sitting at a tram stop. But what they're really describing is the expanded sensation and consciousness of sitting at the tram stop and where one's mind travels while sitting at the tram stop. And so an excess of words are used to stretch out the experience whilst reading the poem. 
right? So that's the time frame of poetry. Japanese poetry is the exact opposite. It doesn't stretch out. It contracts, right? So waka and haiku forms of poetry are very rigorous and disciplined in how you must leave out words in order to intensify the experience that you're describing with few words. So that tradition is easily exported into the manga page. So you just have a couple of cartoon bubbles where someone says something that actually doesn't mean anything. I mean, the amount of times in a a Tezuka manga page, someone is just saying things like, what? Where? Oh, no. Things like this, right? And you think, well, you know, they've graphically made a bubble and arranged in a page for someone to say, nani? What? (laughs) You know, and then two frames on, hey? Right. What again? <laughs> and so when you read just the, of course, the bubbles in sequence, you know, what you basically get is, huh? Oh, over there, three of them. Right. And that's it. Right. But of course, all the action that's depicted and the expressions on the iconicized, reduced face of the character, that's what gives the story or that page its depiction of action this greater depth, this kind of gravity to it, this momentum for you to then want to turn the next page. So this is something that is often forgotten in just looking at manga as simply text-image relationships because the text component in manga, the words, doesn't relate to English language text parameters as we understand them in terms of literature. They actually relate to the history of Japanese poetry, which is much more reduced and elliptical and contradictorily capable of these expansive experiences. One can see this continuity in a fixed face in some of his stories. Right? So the face doesn't kind of change so much. Or if it changes, it changes in quite subtle ways. Which is quite the opposite to how comics and comic characterization developed in America. Right? Particularly with superhero comics and things like that. Right, The expressive states of the characters as they're drawn is extremely projected. Right? You know, like they scream, their eyes are bugging out, you know, things like this. Right? You get that, of course, in some types of manga uh, drawing techniques, you know, which are even more hysterically eye-bugging, right? But in Tezuka's um, uh, approach to storytelling and characterization of faces, it's something that's more aligned to things like kabuki and no theatre, right? It's quite reserved. Uh, A lot of his uh, uh, gekika stories, I think, intensify this, where... The face doesn't necessarily show anything, but the way the face is drawn and what is the background of the face more tells you what's the emotional state of the person, right? And in this sense, Tezuka, I think, developed this approach to describing what's going on inside someone's head by keeping their face quite impassive, but then rendering the background as a reflection of their interior psychological state. And this links to a history of mask making and mask projection that goes through all different festivals and rituals in Japan where people would enact and celebrate different social functions or 
parts of the year and lunar cycles and crop processing and harvesting and whatnot using certain kind of masks that would complexly convey emotional states to the people gathered at the festival where the mask was completely fixed but the way the performer was moving would suggest what was actually going on in the story that they were telling to those gathered people. So reading a manga is not that different, all right? One can't just look at the face, all right? One has to look at the context of the face, of how the face connects to its surroundings.